0: Good morning everyone. This morning we gather not just in virtual reality but in the spiritual reality of being one in our resurrected Lord Jesus who is with us by his spirit. Welcome to the congregations of McCracken Memorial and Beaver Presbyterian and to all who may be listening in today. You can find more information about who we are and what we're doing on our church website mccrackenchurch.com and also on our McCracken Memorial Facebook page. And you can also sign up for our regular emails, which include our Chronicle magazine, a congregational notice board called McCracken Times, uh, and as well as that, some church activities each week to help our primary age children to engage in worship with us. But let us now settle ourselves and focus our minds as we come to worship God. Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. The Lord is with you today. May you recognise him. May the place where you are become holy ground, because he is here. He comes to cleanse and to heal and to minister his grace. No work too hard for him in faith receive from him. Be still, for the power of the Lord is moving in this place. God of all comfort, in these days of deathly statistics, when for many of us numbers become names, figures have familiar faces, and we remain isolated from those most ill, we look to Jesus, to Jesus who wept at Lazarus's grave, who took Jairus's dead daughter by the hand, who in his own body drew the sting of death on the cross. In this moment when darkness closes in on many homes, but we are only able to look on helplessly from a distance. We thank you that you are not a God who stands afar off But who in Jesus draws right alongside us, reframing our hopes, taking up our infirmities, carrying our sorrows, sympathising with us in our weaknesses. And as we confess our sin, we remember how he bore it in his body on the cross, and removes our sin and our guilt from us completely. In the afterglow of Easter, dispel the shadows with your resurrection light. Soothe our pain with the peace of your living presence. Come and heal with the hope that comes from your love poured into hurting hearts. Consoling Holy Spirit, be gracious to a grieving world. Bind up a nation's wounds. Bring us gently through this season of loss to find again the light of life. Compassionate God, hear our prayers. For we ask them in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24, and we're reading verses 13 to 35. Luke 24 and verses 13 to 35. Let us hear the word of God. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Ames, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, give thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. Any experience that I've had of having to live away from home, outside of our little Northern Ireland, has often involved a bit of reframing of my faith. And if I'm honest, it often involves something of a challenge to my faith. Because all of a sudden how I usually met Jesus, how I understood Jesus, how I worshipped and served him, My hopes and expectations, all these things had been framed within the vibrant, loving community of the church where I grew up and which I loved. And moving away, suddenly all that was taken away. It was very different. I had to discover very slowly how to meet Jesus, how to recognise Jesus through a different set of people that I would come to see as my church family through different styles of worship, through the medium of a new language and culture, through attending to my own personal prayer and reading of the Bible, which sometimes was a real struggle. Maybe some of you have had a similar experience in the past, moving away from things that are familiar, familiar patterns and routines that sustained us. Maybe moving from one church tradition to another or from one way of doing church to another, one set of life circumstances to another, but having to reframe your faith in this new and different reality. And it takes time, doesn't it, for the, for the light of recognition to dawn that it is still the same Jesus who meets us, and journeys with us and invites us to let him come and journey alongside us as he patiently opens up opens up the scriptures to us. As he invites us to let him come and sit down with us, reframing our hopes and our expectations of him and what he wants to do in us and through us into, into his so much bigger, more wonderful picture. The Gospel account that I just read is another Easter favourite of mine. I hope you'll forgive me for lingering on Easter, but I think this year more than ever there is a danger, isn't there, of letting Easter just pass us by without ever letting its message really touch us or change us. And there are certain things about this story that hit home for me in a new way this year. And not just because it involves all those things that we can't do and enjoy at the moment. Travel, meeting and eating with strangers. But maybe because this story picks up on this journey. A journey of two disciples down a road of uncertainty and questions, broken dreams and hopes. Until slowly they recognise Jesus who has been with them all along the journey. Easter joy doesn't come to these two in one sudden gush but it slowly builds up and dawns as their hopes and their expectations of Jesus are reframed. Their eyes are opened and their horizons broadened. The risen Jesus in today's passage from Luke meets these two lonely, forlorn figures, two disciples, although not, it seems, counted among the the twelve disciples. Uh, They were among the larger group of disciples that Jesus had drawn to him through his ministry, it seems. And in the account Jesus meets them along the road as they travelled from Jerusalem to the little village of Emmaus, about seven miles journey. When Jesus meets them, It seems that Easter has passed them by. It hasn't happened yet for them, at least not in the way that it had happened for Thomas and the other disciples in the room that we looked at last week and for the two Marys. These two are sad. Their faces are downcast. They've been talking about the news. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? In fact, they're consumed by the news when Jesus catches up with them. And for some reason, we're not told why. They don't immediately recognise this stranger as Jesus. And Jesus inquires of them, what have you just been talking about? And one of the men stops in his tracks and asks Jesus incredulously, are you only a visitor to the area? You mean to say you haven't heard the news? You don't know what's been going on in these days? What things? Jesus asks quite funny really as we read the story with the benefit of hindsight but Jesus draws it out of them not to tease them or humiliate them but lovingly inviting them to pour out their hearts to him, journeying with them in their lament, telling him what he already knows but Jesus giving them an opportunity to share with him their hopes and their expectations and their crushing disappointment as well as what they saw as promises not being fulfilled, expectations not realised. We'd hoped that it would be so much more than this. We'd hoped that Jesus was the Messiah, the one to come to redeem Israel. He said and he did so many good and amazing things but they crucified him. And now it seemed like all their hopes had been for nothing. What kind of Messiah? is that they must have been wrong. He mustn't have been the one we were waiting for after all. Yes, they've heard the reports of the the woman of the tomb being empty, but maybe they've become so consumed by the news, by hearing about death and hardship, so consumed by their disappointment, feeling like failures, that the horizons of their hopes and their dreams were rapidly shrinking. Those hopes that had been so high just a week previously. The expectation that God might just still be doing something here is barely alive. But into that steps Jesus. Not yet recognised, of course, by Cleopas and his friend. Because their hopes are still too limited, their expectations too small. This is going to take a bit of work, this is going to take a bit of time. And Jesus is prepared to wait. And they begin to tell this stranger what they had expected of the Messiah, what they'd expected of Jesus, that he was the Messiah, the one who came to redeem Israel. The one who came to redeem Israel. Well, we know that God had much greater plans than that. His Messiah didn't just come to redeem Israel, but to redeem and to save the world. They think that their Messiah died and, and thus somehow feel. but actually by dying and rising again, he conquered death and opened up the way to life for all who believe in him. They believed that their Messiah was a powerful prophet and teacher, but never once did they imagine that he might remove the stain and curse of sin and death. No wonder they don't recognise him. They were blinkered by the limits of their expectations. Their faith hadn't yet become a resurrection faith that hadn't caught up with this new reality. But Jesus intervenes. And he opens up the scriptures for them as they walked along, beginning with Moses and working through the prophets, teaching them all that the scriptures had to say about himself. And as he does so, there's a strange but familiar warming in their hearts, a little bit like hope building inside of them. As if Jesus is saying to them, don't you recognise what has already been told? What's happening right here? And now. But still the moment of recognition hadn't arrived. Coming to their destination the two disciples realised that they were enjoying the company of this stranger too much and they invite him to stay with them. And to their surprise when they sit down the roles are turned around, the roles are reversed. The stranger becomes the host. He takes the bread like it's his And he gives thanks and breaks it and shares it, leading to that wonderful moment of recognition. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him, Jesus. And he disappeared from their sight. What was it that did it for them? Was it the sign of the Last Supper, the breaking of the bread, this do in remembrance of me? Was it the memory of Jesus feeding the 5,000? That feeding in which the disciples were invited by Jesus to become agents in meeting the needs of that crowd? Or was it the many other occasions when Jesus broke bread with all kinds of people, tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, rich and poor? Maybe they noticed the nail prints in his hands. But whatever it was, there was a moment of of recognition. All this time, all along that road we were, we were on, it was him, it was him who was right with us. I can think of someone many of us knew and loved in our church who died this week. Someone whose presence we've greatly missed in our church fellowship for a number of years as slowly her illness made communication and movement more and more difficult. But even without all that, there were certain things that those who knew her could recognise about her little moments of recognition that would bring a smile to our faces. Her determination, her sense of humour, her fun, her interest in the world, her faith. Recognition is a complex thing. It can come to us through gestures, through mannerisms, even sometimes through something deep down in one's spirit. Perhaps at the moment we're feeling that the usual ways in which we recognise and meet with Jesus have been taken away from us. Things like church gatherings, things like communion, group Bible studies, corporate worship, corporate prayer, fellowship over coffee, Group prayer, community, companionship. Our faith is in the process of being reframed within the context of a bigger picture that God has. Will it travel? Will our faith move with us into new situations? A faith not defined by, not limited by, the four walls of a church building. A faith without walls. Will we still recognise Jesus with us along this new road that we're travelling? Maybe now is the time that our risen Lord wants to restore our hopes, to lead us away from small hopes and, and call us back to his large hopes, to call us back to hope that the risen Christ can heal the wounds of this broken and hurting world of ours. Hope that the stain of death and sin will eventually be removed in this world. Hope that wrong and injustices can be made right. Hope that the divisions in our world and society, the ones we've become so accustomed to for so long, can be overcome, that our world can change. All this time we've been hanging our heads in defeat, allowing our dreams and the limits of our expectations to shrink and shrink as we retreat into our diminishing church communities. But all along God has had much bigger things in mind. And he wants to remind us of those things today. That's what the disciples suddenly recognised in the breaking of the bread. To their surprise, in a flash, they recognised the power and the meaning as they met with the the resurrected Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the one they had hopes for, but their hopes were far too small, too limited in scope. So much so that they didn't even recognise him when he appeared to them. May Christ meet us on our journey this morning, wherever we are, And even when we struggle to recognise him, even when we realise that we've got it all wrong and missed the point, may we know that he keeps walking beside us, meeting us on whatever road we're on. He asks us what we're thinking, and then he sets about retelling the story, his story, your story, reframing our hopes and our expectations providing us with a whole new ending to the story, a whole new beginning to the story. May our hearts be set on fire as he gives us a hope that we thought we'd lost and realise that he has been with us all along. Amen. Let us now bring before God our prayers for others and our prayers for our world. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for families and friends who've been bereaved in recent days. Asking that you would bring comfort and strength and peace. In these days when the normal rite of passage offered by funeral services has been interrupted by wider events. Lord, we pray for creativity and energy and for biblical insight as congregations move into a second month of seeking to minister in the situation of being unable to gather for worship or meet face to face with members. We pray, Lord, that church members might continue to show and to share Christ's compassion and speak an apt word for him as they enter another week as as key workers or as being good neighbours. Lord, watch over us, watch over our congregations and work out your purposes through our everyday witness, we pray. We pray, Lord, for the most vulnerable in society who are significantly impacted by the effects of the lockdown, struggling to make ends meet, experiencing cramped living conditions, those under threat by the economic turndown. Lord, be their comfort and strength. And we pray that the church will continue to find ways to offer practical support through food banks like Storehouse and other initiatives. We remember the international meeting point. Although the project stores are closed, migrant families continue to be in real need of support. Lord, reveal creative ways that the church can support a network of migrant families at a time of genuine need so that the love of Christ might be shared with them. We pray too for those who suffer from mental health difficulties and we ask that you would enable them to cope with the anxiety that arises from these present circumstances. Lord, equip family and friends to care and to love in sensitive and constructive ways. We pray for society at large as the stresses and strains of uncertainty, of fear and restrictions on normal life take an increasing toll on patience and relationships, asking that you would bring calm and peace and patience and hope. We pray for those who lead in the business world, whether large corporations or small concerns, asking that you would give them peace and wisdom and a sense of your provision and the ability to balance financial responsibility with care and treatment of, of staff. We pray for those in government who are charged with taking difficult decisions, balancing public health and economic concerns as they consider easing lockdown restrictions. Lord, may they receive good advice and gain clarity of all the issues involved and, and make the right decisions at the right time. Lord, hear our prayers in Christ's name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.